random text all at once. Oh my! All right, Game of Thrones season four, the yes. afterburn, Rob and Griffin. Yes. Let's do this. I already started. All right, that's good. <laughs> good. Get, get me right in the thick of it, huh? Yeah, let's get the right in the thick of it. Um, so right off the top, before anything, before we start getting into major details. What did you think of this season, especially compared to season three, which we apparently both loved? So, love season three. For some reason, I don't. I don't understand. Maybe it's maybe it's because of my ADHD. Mm-hmm. There was something that I thought happened in season four, which we talked about, but come to realize that it does does not happen in season four. It actually happens at the beginning of season five, um, or or somewhere in season five. So. I for this for the longest time since we've been doing these episodes, I kept thinking season five was the one that I despise. But honestly, at this point, I don't think it is season five. I think it might be a later season. I think it's later. It's like season yeah. six or something. Either either the end of six going into seven. Uh, no, well seven's good. It's got it might be six. I don't know. But season. <laughs> I don't know. I, I might I might disagree with you on that one, but we'll we'll well, we'll let that wait. Till that episode. But anyway, to answer your question in a nutshell, um, this season was it was okay. It wasn't bad. It definitely wasn't um, the best one. But mm-hmm. I think this season, the shift kind of started in season three, obviously. Um, but I think this season is definitely more of like trying to give every character their own little thing because there's a lot going on with a whole bunch of different characters. Um, but I like this. I you know the, well. I love the beginning of the season, and we're about to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> I know why too. Yeah, I mean, you know, so th- that was great. And there was then there was a battle at the end of the season, which was good. You know, every every Game of Thrones, every every season, and every TV show should always have a a shocking part, and then a, a battle at the end. I don't even care. I don't even care if you're watching like season, like Grey's Anatomy season twelve. There should be a, <laughs> yeah. there should be a Just fucking like battle. Just like a, a scalpel fight in the middle of the, of the surgery ward. <laughs> there should be something because, I mean, that's kind of what was going on. But anyway, um, yeah. So let's dive into it, man. Let's talk about that. How did you feel about right. the season? How do you feel? I I loved season four. I I know that's. Not a whole lot of everyone's just kind of like, oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. I fucking loved it from beginning to end. Starting at the very beginning with probably your favorite scene in the entire show, uh, the death of Joffrey. So I know I know you're waiting with bated breath for that. To happen. <laughs> Everybody was. Well, you, so Joffrey, he was a perfect villain. Like he was just condescending little bitch that just oh my god, he was just the show built made him the best one of the, one of the best heels of the the whole show. Is Joffrey, and it it really just I I mean the fact that I just fucking every time he did something, every little every little time he did something. Oh, stupid, everything he did. Yeah. yeah, you just want to be like that motherfucker, God damn! And he didn't die during the battle when um the the you you when the the boats were coming in. What was it? The, when they were battling in battle um, of the Blackwater. The battle of the Blackwater. Yes, the, he didn't die then. And I was like, oh my god. So, you know, the beginning of the season opens up. They're getting ready for a wedding, and, you know, Jamie Lannister's back, and every, every it just seems, okay, well, this is going to be, you know, a happy beginning. You know, season three got, got us, obviously, the Red Wedding and everything else, so this is going to be happy. And then when this motherfucker choked to death and died, I was, I, I'll never forget the moment. I was laying in my bedroom. My wife was out in the um, living room. 
at the time I had my um, my best friend Devin living with me, him and his wife, because they were looking for a home in Charlotte, and they were upstairs, and I was watching HBO um, in the bedroom. I'm sitting there, and it happened. I jumped out of bed, like pure, like I haven't felt like that in a while in any movie or any anything. <laughs> I, yeah, like, like I mean, it was such a great feeling. It was better than sex. I had to say that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, I, I the the thing that I loved to to get back to what you were saying, and then I'll get in my own reactions and stuff. The thing that you were saying about Joffrey being the perfect heel is so on the nose and perfect because yeah. every single thing that he did only existed to increase how much you hated him. Oh, like yes. a lot of a lot of villains make the mistake of. Well, mistake, I guess, of coming across way too competent. Like we're gonna see later on, Ramsey Bolton, you know, all the yeah. all the other villains in the later seasons. Like they're assholes and they're evil and everything, but they're also intelligent, competent. They can speak their mind, and there are fans of them out there for that exact reason. Joffrey is none of this. He's a coward. <laughs> he's an idiot. He's not good. Like he, I think. He was like the only thing he ever used his sword for was cutting up books and cakes and stuff. But he loved waving it around. He's a yeah. sadistic piece of shit. But then as soon as battle gets off, he's like, "Oh, I'm getting the hell out of here. I'm going back to mommy." All this kind of stuff. Every right. single thing that he did made him more and more hateable. And that's what I, I I love about the character. The guy who portrayed Joffrey, I forget his name. It's like something Gleason, Jack Glee. No, that's some other guy. But whoever whoever the hell you are, if you're out there listening to this, if you play Joffrey, I loved hating you. Congratulations. You know, you know I'm telling you, it, it was just good. I mean, I've, I've watched interviews of actors after they filmed, like, you know, and they, even they, when they said they, when they read the script and he died, even they were cheering. So, like, mm -hmm. the fact that you can convince people that are pretty much know everything that's going on the cheer mm -hmm. i mean it's just it, it was it was a good it was a good thing it was crazy how it wasn't like this big event like it didn't build up to it it just literally happened like first episode it, well it wasn't the first episode i think it was like the second right the second or third i think it, it yeah it was the, i think it was the second episode if i'm not if i'm not mistaken yeah. well it just it just happened right away i mean what was your reaction Did, well, now you read the books yeah, so I knew it, I knew it was going to happen. You know, what I knew was it was your, coming. What was your reaction to the books when you were reading the books? My reaction was uh, about the same as yours, but of course I couldn't scream because it was like two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you know, I was I always love reading really late at night because you know it challenges your brain and just makes you miserable the next day because <laughs> you have this giant sinus headache right behind your eyes because you were straining at the pages. It's fantastic, and. <laughs> I was I was reading it and reading it and like oh Jesus Christ another fucking wedding we just had the Sansa and Tyrion thing can we not can we just I want to go to sleep please and then wait a minute he's coughing yeah. why is he coughing that's see whatever you, coughing is one of those things in a in a book whenever it's mentioned it's never just well, casual yeah, yeah. you know like people cough all the time in real life but the only time somebody coughs in a book is when something's happening. Yeah, it's either it's either about to happen or foreshadowing something later, like they're gonna be coughing up blood or they're dying yeah. slowly on the inside. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And it was just to me, it was just like the red wedding, but the polar opposite reaction. Like I was just as ex I was just as like invested. I had just as many goosebumps and stuff, but instead of like an oh god no, it was an oh god yes kind of thing. <laughs> the only thing 
and and then the big shocker, of course, at the end of the chapter and at the end of the episode and everything, was that Tyrion gets arrested and charged for the murder. Well, yeah, I mean, just the way they see. I didn't read the book, but the way they portrayed it in the show, I mean. Even I would have thought he did it. Just leading up to it, I mean, all the times he challenged him, all the times he just treated him like a nephew, all mm-hmm. those times that he just didn't treat him like his king, and then, you know, how he was basically, you know, shitting on Tyrion, and then it happens. So it's like, you know, I, I, I would I would assume him too. But. Well, it, it's it's an interesting little thing because we find out later on uh, the true conspirators behind Joffrey's death. Oh yeah, it makes it makes you wonder if they planned it, like they planted a seed in Joffrey's head. Hey, you know what would be funny is if you got your uncle Tyrion to to pour you wine, you know, because he's such a drunk. Just yeah. make him the guy pouring all of your wine for your entire wedding feast. Well, and then well, the people that set it up, oh, I can totally see that. They play mind games the whole fucking time. I mean, they're just they're good at it too. I mean, they, they, the, the particular person that it turned out to be, I, I mean, fuck it. I mean, like, like I said, you know, if you're listening to this season by season, you haven't watched the show, then I oh, guess yeah. tune out. But Elena Tyrell is eventually uh, revealed to be the like the mastermind behind it all. Yeah. And she she seemed to get along pretty well with Tyrion. Like, she didn't hate him or anything. and She wasn't particularly fond of him. But it makes you wonder why she basically set him up to die. Well, maybe she, um, I think personally if if you go down that route and and you if you believe that she set him up then i would think the only reason why she set him up is because she sees the history between them two and that's the most easiest route to take cuz there's so many other routes you could take you could totally blame you know and i mean you could, there's so many people you could blame but yet that's probably the easiest route to take and the most and the way the way it unfolded it was like per- probably perfect like you know, yeah, the most airtight way. Yeah, I mean, it was like, oh, this is perfect. So, but yeah, that that episode ended. Oh, it was a it was a good feeling. And then the next episode follows up with uh, Jamie and Cersei just fucking next to his dead body. <laughs> now that's that's a very interesting thing. I want to bring up a comparison from the books because obviously that was in the books as well. Yeah. In in the books, that entire scene was completely consensual. Like both of them were like, yeah, let's let's have sex right next to our our son's dead body. Yeah. Uh, but in the show, there was actually a, quite a fair bit of controversy at the time because it was portrayed as a lot less consensual. Uh, Cersei clearly didn't want any of it. Yeah. And Jamie was like, well, you know, sorry. Well, but you, so so obviously in season three, Jamie Lannister, you start to feel remorse and feel a little bit bad for him and. You know, it starts to change. And then, they obviously, when that happens, you're probably like, okay, well, he's still the same Jamie. But then, later in the season, Jamie, um, you know, he, he starts to go back to what he was in season three. He starts to be really nice. He starts to get trained to use the sword in his left hand. He um, he gave armor to Brienne of Tarth. Like, he really, like, started to come into his own. And he's more intelligent. I think, doesn't he become, like, the King's Guard or... Well, he was always was the King's Guard, but oh, okay. then after uh, after what's what the hell's his name? The old guy, his uh, Barristan. Yeah, Barristan Selmy. After he leaves, yeah, um, Jamie then becomes the Lord Commander of the King's Guard. Okay, in, in his place. Yeah, and you know, so he starts getting his thing, but that rape that rape scene because it really probably was a rape scene. Um, 
I know there's controversy about it, but it, it is what it is. It's on HBO. I mean, what do you expect? Well, I mean, the only I've, thing, the I, thing that really, really bugs me about that scene is something that's bugged me about a lot of HBO stuff and a lot of Game of Thrones stuff. I don't like when character development is changed. Like when they flip back and forth and stuff oh, like okay. that. I, and to set up Jamie as he's this changed man that Brienne's made him into a better man. And then, you know, you put him in a really emotional situation. His, he has to watch his son choke to death in front of him, you know. And he's not only has he not able to do anything as a father, but as a member of the Kingsguard, he's helpless again. Another king dies on his watch. Yeah. You know, it's, it's heartbreaking. And I feel for the guy. And I hate Cersei. <laughs> but, but like Jesus Christ, dude! You know I was—I liked you as a character. Now you're fucking raping people next to your son's dead body. Like what the fuck? I think the sad thing about it—I totally forgot about that whole scene until we were doing mm -hmm. a recap because it's like one of those things where, yeah, now it's definitely the at that time. Yes, it was horrible. You know, that made no sense. But with everything else that does happen with Jamie and everything else, you kind of just end up forgetting about that little little tidbit mm -hmm. of shit yeah. um but yeah but that wedding whoo all right well after the wedding so a lot a lot a lot's going on so you got you know so Tyrion's arrested you mm -hmm. got you got this group where's that who was that i call him the mexican guy that actor what's his name um pedro pascal Pedro Pascal, you know, great actor. He was in uh, Narcos, and which is one of my mm -hmm. uh, one of the good good shows. If you like reading, because you have to, it's subtitles the whole fucking show. Um, but I I love season one and two. I didn't watch season three. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, so you got you got him. I see. This is where I get a little confused. So with all the stories going on, so you got Littlefinger going to um, where is he going? What kingdom is he going to? Uh, the Aaron or the Vale, excuse the Vale, me. the Vale, the Vale yeah. of Aaron. So he's he's going to the Vale. You got um, the red uh the the oh God, I still butcher names. You think by now, I'm pretty uh pretty better with names. Here, Give help. me some crumbs and I'll bake you a cake. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Well, there's just so many little stories going on right now. So I don't know. I don't know where to talk at. So the, we can continue talking about this whole wedding thing because the aftermath was a pretty big part of the story. You you got Terry, so he's arrested. So Jamie, you know, tries to convince everyone because they want a trial, and they're trying to. He's trying to convince everyone that instead of you know punishing him to death, to send him to the wall. Mm -hmm. Um. And they don't they don't give a shit what Jamie's saying, so they still trial him, and then next thing you know it. He uh he he does uh what is it is it death by what is it like you can have trial by combat trial by contact by ugh oh sorry I was drinking close enough <laughs> yeah I, I was drinking okay yeah you know let's let's start over okay here we go um trial by combat um and that's when Pedro um steps up for him because supposedly I think it's his sister the mountain murders yes in a previous um, previous situation. Well, in, in the very beginning, in Robert's Rebellion, um, I think we, I covered this in an earlier episode, so to real quickly recap, Dorne was pretty neutral in the war. Um, 
they didn't really want any part of it either side, either Robert's side or the Mad King's side. And the Lannisters were supposedly allied with the Mad King and everything. So when Tywin Lannister showed up, along with a certain knight called Gregor Clegane, or the Mountain, yeah. uh, Mad King thought, oh, thank God, I'm saved. It's my buddy Tywin. And he opens the gates. Tywin is not allies with the Mad King anymore and sends all of his men off to loot the city and find and kill the Mad King. He sends Gregor, the mountain, with an entirely different plan in mind, which is make sure no Targaryens survive. And he doesn't really specify how this happens. Mm -hmm. Uh, The mountain is an evil bastard, and he decides to take measures into his own hands. He kills both of the Targaryen children, like the babies, by dashing their heads against the wall and then rapes and murders Elia of Dorne the Mad King's wife wow this kind of really pissed off the Dornishmen mm-hmm. they they weren't real big fans of that for the longest time um, and it started what became one of my favorite subplots in the books and something I'm still to this day fucking furious that they screwed up in the show. It's called the Dornish Master Plan. Oberyn, which is Pedro Pascal's character's name, was supposed to be a key part of that plan. Because originally, the guy who came down for the wedding was supposed to be Oberyn's brother, the Prince of Dorne, Prince Doran, who is... Like, he's a cripple, he's in a little wheelchair, stuff like that. Everyone looks down on him, thinks he's a, like a lazy piece of shit. You know, they think he's a just weak, effeminate, stuff like that. Whereas Oberyn is the polar opposite. He's really quick to fly into a rage, he's super dangerous, like he's been traveling the world, finding out all these different ways to kill people. He's done poison, and uh, like he trained with the Unsullied, I think, for a little bit, mm-hmm. which is the army that Daenerys uh, hired. Um, so when he shows up instead for the wedding, everyone's like, oh shit, you know, this ain't good. And he explicitly tells Tyrion, who Tywin sends out to meet him, it's like, I, I'm not here for the wedding. I'm here to get revenge for my sister. You know, a <laughs> Lannister always pays his debts. You're about to see how that kind of plays out. And I can't remember whether he had anything to do with Joffrey's death or not, but he certainly jumped at the opportunity to take advantage of it yeah as soon as Tyrion calls for a trial by combat and they say well okay we're gonna bring in the mountain to make sure that anyone you send is gonna die Oberyn comes to Tyrion after he's already tried to get Bronn and tried to get everyone else who refuse because the mountain is that crazy says okay I'll do it I'll be your champion not for you I want revenge for Elia and I want him to confess that it was Tywin who ordered it so that Dorne can declare war against the Lannisters. And this leads into what is an amazing fight scene, even though it's got a (laughs) lot of jump cuts. Yes. Like, there's a lot of fucking jump cuts, but it's still, like, great great stunt work by Pedro's stunt guy and Mm -hmm. the strongest man in the world whose name I'm not even going to try and pronounce. Um, isn't it Thor? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Doesn't it go yeah, away? it says, look, it's it's close enough. There's an or in there somewhere, a bunch of apostrophes um, and shit. It'll be fine. He's like Sweden or something. Or, something uh, like that. Yeah. Um, well, before this battle happens, um, 
one key thing that we haven't really touched base on it because it's kind of just like a side plot and it's still kind of a side thing but it kind of leads into something but Tyrion, uh, Tyrion had um, basically fall in love with this wench I call her a wench that's what I call thing, you know whatever she's, uh-huh. she's, a, she's yep. a wench anyway and she betrays him at the trial and he just feels so hurt that he's just like fuck this let's just, let's just do this he just so butt hurt from it I mean because he loved her he did, mm-hmm. and she just said, no, yeah, this is, yeah. It was all... Well, there's, there's something that they don't mention from the books that makes it even sadder, I feel. Um, What's that? Because I think they vaguely mentioned Tyrion's first wife. Okay. Basically, he met a common girl, like a peasant girl on the road, mm-hmm. um, who... They fell in love with each other, and she didn't care that he was a dwarf and everything, and he didn't care that she was a peasant. It was it was like something from a fairy tale. Yeah, they were they were dearly in love, and Tyrion wanted to marry her. Um, so when he brought her back to Casterly Rock to introduce her to everybody, he's like, "Hey, this is the woman that I want to marry." Uh, Tywin and Jaime took him aside and said, "No." this isn't a girl who fell in love with you, this is a prostitute that we hired to pretend to be in love with you, to basically give you, like, give you some happiness, you know, to to give you some form of worth. But you're not going to marry her, that's ridiculous. And then Tywin had her passed around the Lannister barracks. All the Lannister guardsmen all took a turn, and they each paid her one silver piece. And then he had Tyrion, you know, fuck her one last time and give her gold because he said, oh, a Lannister is much more valuable than a regular person. Which is already fucked up enough. Wow. Then come <laughs> to find out... Okay, then come to find out after the ti- the trial is over and everything and him yeah. and Tywin are talking again, he finds out, no, she was real. She really did love you for who you were. She wasn't a prostitute. Wow. So they took they took Tyrion's only true chance at love had her gang raped by a guard like by an entire post of guards and then to top it all off you know Tyrion thought she was a prostitute paid her for her time and sent her off to the free cities which explains what what happens after the trial why Tyrion does what he does and I know it would be fucked up even for HBO but it really does explain Tyrion's character, why he is the way he is, yeah. why he's always running around with whores and stuff, and why he was so willing to take Shay at her word when she said that she loved him. Wow. Because it had happened before. Yeah, that's, that's a little fucked up. It's a little bit depressing. But I keep hoping against hope, even though I know what yeah. series I'm reading. Damn. You just like... For, for like a happy ending. I want him to find her name is Taisha. I want to. I want him to find Taisha again. Well, actually, that probably probably wouldn't be a happy ending. She's probably not too thrilled with them after that little stunt. But yeah, she probably has. I don't know. Anyway, um, well, that was very depressing. But uh, yeah. Well, let's continue this depression thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the battle. Uh, so the mountain won. Yeah. Um, it seemed like the mountain wasn't going to win, but he did, and then he smashed. Uh, Pedro's fucking whole head in. <laughs> yeah, holy shit, man. Those special effects. Yeah. Jesus. Um, you know, so that was, uh, yeah, that was pretty graphic. Then, obviously, um, Tyrion was sentenced to death because he lost. Hmm? And um, who helps him escape? Is it Jamie? 
Yeah, it was Jamie and Varys okay. helped him escape. They helped him escape, but before he leaves, he wanted to see Shay one more time, and he fucking kills her. Mm-hmm. Well, she was like naked in bed in his father's bed. I think yes. he, I don't think he went to go see Shay. I think he went to go see his father, and she just happened yeah. to be there. And he was just like, "Well, fuck this." And 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 then he and kills, just choked her out. Yeah, and then he gets a crossbow and fucking kills his father on the shitter. It's a good mm-hmm. way to die. <laughs> Which is is especially messed up for a man as obsessed with his you know the honor and dignity of his house and stuff like that as he is. Yeah, to to have. Tywin get killed by his own son by shooting, but getting shot on the toilet, and he shits himself as he dies. And there's a dead whore in his bed. It's like that's 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 about as far from honorable as you can go. And in the books, they go so far as to mention that his bowels had rotted or something like that, and it oh. stunk up. It stunk up the entire church that he was being buried in for like a week. Oh my god. Yeah, the, the book's got to go all in on <laughs> on everything that the show shows. Jesus Christ. God damn. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. That's just... Okay. <clears throat> Bless you. Hey, what's... Oh, Jesus. Dude, the whole, the whole house shake on that one? Ugh, Holy shit. Almost knocked, almost knocked <laughs> the mic off the fucking desk. Dropped the mic. All right, so... Ugh. Well, then that kind of concludes what happened with the wedding and everything else with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the Lannisters in a way. Because yep. I think not really much happens next with the Lannisters. Oh, okay. Oh, Joffrey's little brother becomes king. Um, Think about Tommen as a king. Yeah. Um, he, to me, means nothing. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. He doesn't really have an opinion in the show. And even in the later seasons, he's kind of like, meh. You were a, you were a pawn piece that people were gonna move around him multiple times, and then yeah, um, I feel bad for him. Yeah, <sighs> he was just too young and not too not. I don't know. Anyway, so what's next? Okay, so you got Reek and um. <sighs> I hell? I have got so much bitching to do about this storyline. Well, this so one, if you have anything so else the, to get through so, quickly, let's do it. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, we, that's fine. We can hold off on the was it the Boltons, right? Yes. Yeah, we can hold off of the the new the new leaders of the North. Um, so, okay, we'll go north of the Wall. So Jon Snow, um, mm-hmm. he makes it back. He tells the 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 Night Watch they have a new leader now. He tells them mm-hmm. like uh, that you know. The wildlings are organized and that they're going to fucking attack us. And they're just looking at him like, no, they're not that smart. You're an idiot. Mm-hmm. You slept with one. You're a traitor. Mm-hmm. I hate you. All that good stuff. And then, mm-hmm. sh- sure enough, um, towards the end of the, the season, the battle actually happens. So the original wildlings that came that, that, that Jon Snow didn't kill, that came with Jon Snow, they meet up with some, uh, some fucked up people that eat people. The cannibals, yeah, <clears throat> and they decide they're going to take down the Night's Watch as well, but they're going to attack them from the back, I think, of the wall. Yes. While the front yeah. of the wall is going to be portrayed with all the army, thousands of uh, wildlings and trolls. Which, mm-hmm. by the way, seeing the trolls, that was pretty exciting too. I um, mean, just I just I'm not the hugest fairy tale kind of guy, but I do like the concept of uh, trolls and big men and you know just i don't know it's just it's just a it was just a cool thing just not seeing well, I, people I, you know the higher fantasy elements of, yeah. of game of thrones 
Yeah, it's, like it's not know, it's not too much, but it's enough to, you know, give me a chub. Yeah, it's more than you know. There there wasn't really a whole lot of fantasy in Game of Thrones. It was more just like a like a Last Kingdom kind of medieval story yeah. until you start seeing some of the more fantastical elements, like you know the giants and the the dire wolves and the White Walkers and everything. <clears throat> no, I love what they did with the the battle for the wall because in the in the books there really wasn't much. Yeah, it was a lot more of a strategic affair. It was kind of like waiting them out because they mentioned, you know, uh, they can't their arrows can't reach us up here. We're up way too high, but ours can reach them. So they just kind of rain down arrows on them with impunity. If they got too high up, they do that little scythe thing, which was fucking awesome. Oh yeah, um, that was awesome. And I don't actually think that there was people coming in from behind in the books. I might be wrong about that. I think that's a show invention. Um, it made the entire battle a lot more exciting. You know, there's obviously a lot well, more fight scenes. What's up? Well, I could see why they, they put that in there. You know, the, uh, the redhead, Jon Snow's uh, little girl, you know, his girlfriend yes. and everything. They, they obviously had to, they had to show why Jon Snow was just going to leave the wall and go track down the leader of the, of the wildlings and he he had nothing to lose now because the one thing that he actually started caring for was that chick, and then when they were attacking, they all died. Um, besides, you know, redhead beard. What is his name? Tormund. Tormund. Ah, <clears throat> oh, Tormund. The greatest who ever was or will be. And it's funny because this right now, people that are if you're up to season four, you're probably like, why why are these guys talking about this guy? He's nothing. Just wait. Give it time. Just you wait. He's got the best one-liners in the whole fucking show. <laughs> right up there with the Hound and uh, oh yeah, Tyrion and Varys and all of them. But <clears throat> now the entire the fight scene was great. The only thing is, like I said, there's it, there was a lot of differences at this point in the show between yeah. the books and the show. Ygritte, um, which is the redhead's name. Um, she died in the books, but not at the hands of that kid, Ollie. She was actually, no one saw her die. Jon Snow just found her dead body later in like a mountain of corpses. She'd just kind of thrown herself at the wall with the rest of them and then just got killed by a random shot. It could have been anybody's. Could have been him. Could have. So I, 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 I like this. What the show did better it was a lot more emotional, a lot more personable. Um, the fight scene between him and the guy with the axe was pretty awesome, like the oh, cannibal yeah. guy. Oh, yeah. Um, not to mention. It sets up the upcoming confrontation with the leadership of the Night's Watch. You know, Ali, uh, Alistair Thorne, who is a lot more of a badass in the show than he is in the books. He's kind of a whiny bitch in the books. Okay. Um, in the show, at least, he's an asshole, but he's a competent asshole. You know, you can see where he's coming from. You can see mm -hmm. the character under there. And I think he kind of... He takes over for a character that's not in the show called Bowen Marsh. He's the steward of the Night's Watch, uh, who is often a voice of reason trying to talk Jon Snow out of helping the wildlings. Um, oftentimes, to no avail. Uh, Jon Snow will kind of look at him with contempt. He's like, yeah, this guy just hates wildlings. You know, he, he doesn't, mm -hmm. he's unable to look reasonable at them. But when you look at some of his points, it's like he makes a lot of sense, which makes what comes later in a later season make a lot more sense. But we'll get to that. Yeah, um, I mean, one thing that I did forget before this battle, you know, Jon Snow had a group of guys, scouts, basically, go over and 
they pretty much burned down that one um that one guy's house that was giving his babies to the White Walkers. Yes. And they freed all the daughters, and you know Sam was there. I think Sam was there because didn't he? Was Sam there? Who was part of that crew? I know one of them was like he was actually somebody for Bolton, and he was trying to kill John. Well, he was fighting John Snow. I know there was. Uh, I know Jojen and Mira and Bran were there. Yes, they never. They never got to meet up with John. But... No, but they they witnessed John fighting someone, and then um, yeah, they witnessed John fighting some people. But yeah, they they left because they what they're doing. We could quickly talk about them real quick. They're still. He's still looking for the three hour Raven. He's been seeing more visions. Um, he's been tripping on a lot of acid. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Pretty Brand, much. Brand, yeah. Brand is seeing. He's a dire wolf. He's seeing visions. He's seeing a fucked up tree with a face in it. I mean, I kind of. Mm-hmm. There's been days where I wish I was on drugs like that. I do. Mm-hmm. I really do. No, 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 no. It's 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 bad juju, man. <laughs> you want to mess with it? But um, you know, so they they have their own little problems. They finally get to a point where the dead rises the skeleton rises and they start they finally meet one is it one or two children of the forest i think it's one i think there's just one left so i'm not i might be wrong Um, on that but in in the end of his little short story that because that's where they're heading to past the wall they run into all these little little problems with people and then skeletons and then the children of the forest come to their rescue and then um he finally meets the three-eyed raven and then he begs the three-eyed raven to show him all the, the dark magic mm-hmm. the magic the the stuff that theories are made of because this is starts because after this season you start hearing theories of things now you probably started hearing theories but to me i started developing theories in my brain which i don't want to say too much because it kind of it might give into some stuff in season five but it does involve bran which, uh, which I, I know. I think you think I'm not. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do, and it's one of the things I, I wanted to. I, I didn't know whether we could flesh this out into an entire video of itself, but it's something I've always hated about magic and fantasy. Yeah. When it's used as like a problem solver, because then it adds to the question of why don't they use this for every problem that well, needs solving? Well, you kind of touch base with that with the um, the red lady. Yes. The, the red witch. You 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 touch base with that whole thing. And my my whole thing with the brand thing, the the I'll say it, I'll say it now, because I know it's getting into other seasons, and I won't embellish on it a little bit, but I will say, you know, the whole brand, the builder, the guy who invented the wall or built the wall and stuff, mm-hmm. it makes you wonder, like, because you when he gets into that black magic stuff, you know, it's, is that him that builds the wall? Does he? Start, oh, is he like the the same brand? Yeah, is it the same brand? Like, cause like you start, he starts doing this whole not time travel but visions, and he can kind of yeah. manipulate things and put things in people's heads. And I don't know, it, it gets into it. We'll talk about it. It's definitely that's a, definitely a season six thing. I'll tell you that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, but anyway, so that's the side story with that. Jon Snow, you know, they burn that down. They they make it back, and then the battle happens, and then Jon Snow. I think he it, it ends with Jon Snow going to. Um, that lake or that that house with uh the leader of the wildlings and then the boltons show up no, no not the boltons who shows up because they need stannis an stannis that's right stannis and his army show up and they try to convince them to be on their side hmm. to yeah that's take the north right that is that's something of an interesting uh 
thing about Stannis as a leader because he's absolutely ruthless when it comes to like it's almost as bad as Daenerys where it's like if you don't bend the knee I'm going to kill you all but if you're willing to bend the knee and acknowledge him as a true king he's so obsessed with the idea of fighting the Night King and ending the night that he basically forgives anybody he's willing to let bygones be bygones and let Mance Raider live and everything if only in exchange for his servitude mm-hmm. and Mance Raider says well then you don't understand wildlings because our whole thing is we don't bow down to people we follow leaders that we choose and we don't choose you and he ends up kind of paying for that a little bit with yeah. his life Castanis uh, says well I have no use for a man who won't bow to me and tries to burn him alive Yeah, while all his people watch um, and Jon Snow actually sets up a couple of future conflicts. He puts Mance out of his misery with an arrow to the chest. Ollie sees it, Stannis sees it, and neither of them are happy about it. But he ends up getting a little bit of respect from the wildling people for what he did. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I know a lot of people like Stannis a lot as a character. What are your thoughts on him? Like, do you, do you think he's he's reasonable in what he's doing? Is he a fucking psycho? Like, what's the deal? <laughs> I don't. I feel like he, he's he's his judgment is very clouded. I feel like he he does you know he wants what everyone else wants. You know he he wants to be ruler of all Westeros, mm-hmm. and I I think that he um he's he's trying he's doing he's trying to do his best at what he knows, but I feel like there's too many people around him that are advising him to do things. That are not he that makes him so conflicted that his character is just kind of like ugh, like what are you doing? Like for one, like one, it's like one scene. It's like okay, well he's not that bad. Then the next scene, he's putting leeches on his son. And then another scene, it's like it's just it's just a weird it's a weird thing. And I, I just feel like he's so clouded with with things around him. I can't wait for this motherfucker to die. <laughs> 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 well, I mean at this point it's like. All of Game of Thrones, right? These, all these characters, they're wonderful, and I'm really glad that you know season three they start setting things up. Season four they really start giving you know more more stuff to these characters. But in the end, the show shows you that you can't be attached to anybody, and even if you are a little attached to somebody, they're probably that means they're gonna die. Like you know, I like Sam. I like. There's a couple actors that I like in this this whole series. There's a couple people. It's just. They're probably gonna die, and you know you just have to. It's sad because it's like it's like what we talked about, like uh, when animals die. You know, yes, you love them, you cherish for them, you know one day they're gonna die, but you don't care. You're just gonna keep trugging on and just play with them. And it's the same thing with this show, like, and it's really only this show. I've watched a lot of television shows, and you know, you be okay. Like Breaking Bad is another example. You kind of knew, okay, Walter White's probably gonna have to die. But the, everybody else around him who did die, you're like, why did he have to die? You know, he didn't have to die. But here it's kind of like, okay, well, Jon Snow, eh, he's probably going to die. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> that's what mm-hmm. the, you know, we'll talk about that yeah. in later seasons. But it's just, yeah. But anyway, that's my thought on him. Um, him trying to get the wildlings and everybody on his side, that was a weird thing for me. I mean, I'm glad he showed up because he stopped, you know, the fighting that uh, Jon Snow and everybody was having, but 
Well, again, slightly different in the books. Um, he originally, he wanted the wildlings to join him to basically act as shock troops uh, for him to use against Ramsey when he went to fight him. Yeah. Because he saw how effective they were in the battle for the wall. Yeah. So he said, all right, I'll give you, I'll let you live, but you have to, you have to fight for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be putting sergeants over you and stuff like that. And, and Jon Snow came to him, remember, 14-year-old boy in the, in the, uh, in the books, and said, well, that's not going to work, and here's why. You know, the wildlings don't respect someone who's birthright. They respect your strength, and they don't think you're that strong. What if I give you directions where you can find 5,000 men who will follow you of their own free will, and you let me have the wildlings to stick on the wall? And he said, okay, deal. And he sent Stannis north into the, basically into the same mountains almost that uh, Tyrion went into when he was heading to the Vale. Yeah. And he meets the clan chiefs and stuff like that and convinces them to join his cause with, like, promises of honor and glory and all this kind of stuff. And that and the clan chiefs, the guys who freely serve Ned Stark, they fucking hate the Boltons. Oh, God. And it leads to one of the best speeches. I'm sp- I'm so pissed they took it out of the show. But there's this old clan chief and stuff, and they're basically they're arguing amongst themselves about how fucking impossible it is for Stannis to win against Ramsay Bolton. And this guy says, look, I don't care. Winter is coming. I'm going to die soon. I'm way too fucking old. Let me, if I'm going to die anyway, let me die with the taste of Bolton blood on my tongue one more last time before I go. I want to feel my axe break a fucking skull one last time before I die. You know, he's like a complete badass, this old oh, man. God. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine if... I wonder who would play that guy, in theory. Like, somebody from Sons of Anarchy, one of the old guys from the Sons of Anarchy crew could do it. Oh, man. You like Sons, That's of... A... You like Sons of Anarchy? It's a, just a... I have a love hate relationship with that show. Oh. We, we can we can talk about it sometime if we got to. Oh yeah, but, yeah. It's good show. Um, it's good show. But when it's it's when it's good, it's great. Um, Which is saying the same about a lot of other dramas. Is that an HBO thing? Is that like AMC? I can't remember. That is a Fox. Uh, oh they, Fox, really? They, they own uh, FX, and FX uh, did um, Sons of Anarchy. Damn, that's surprising. Fox usually makes shit dramas, but anyway. Um, <laughs> Well, back, yeah, he, yeah, back to Game of Thrones. Okay. Yeah, it, it basically, the, they set up the, the relationship between Jon Snow and Stannis a lot more, and they set up Stannis a lot more mm-hmm. uh, in that season. Did Stannis, I can't remember, did Stannis really have a lot to do this season after that, or, or was it just no, burning Mance no, pretty much? that was pretty much, I mean, because that was towards okay. the end. That was the last couple episodes um, when that happened, because okay. the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can we can talk about how they butcher his character next season. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> uh but speaking of butchering characters, we can finally get to the the fucking like open sore I've been trying to avoid picking at this Whoa. entire episode. Well, I have one more thing before we talk okay. about. Okay. Okay. All right. So, I'll simmer the rage down for well, a second. I actually have two more things. Okay. Okay. This is going to be a little bit longer episode because there's a lot to uncover on this in this season. A lot more interesting things. So we obviously didn't talk about Daenerys, mm-hmm. and you know, and hers would be kind of quick. So basically, what's going on with her? She's still, 
going city by city over there in the um, in the east and just basically trying to free, free saves and just add to her army. And she's doing like if this was a game of risk or whatever kind of board game. Uh-huh. There's so much shit going on in Westeros right now that no one even gives a fuck about what she's doing, and they should be giving a fuck about what she's doing because uh, right now she is building an army. She's convincing slaves. I mean, she's attacking places, like throwing shit at them, but it's not like bombs or anything. It's like there's a scene where she threw uh, a barrel, smashes the barrel, falls down, and it's all empty, like slave um, neck things. Full gauntlets. Yeah, yeah. and. It's just to show, like, hey, you can riot. I don't have to fight this battle. You can fight this battle, and I'll be here on the other side. I mean, she's she's doing pretty good. She actually, I think, at one point decides to stay somewhere. I forget the name of the town. To rule, because she's just like, I have all this army. I don't even need Westeros. And, um, but then she starts realizing that, like, you know, well, f- her dragons are fucking going ape shit. They're, like, burning shit and doing all this other stuff. So she locks her dragons up. And then she just starts to realize that it's a lot more to rule towns over here because some people are just defying her. They don't really care about her, and it's just it's just. Well, it's it's a good trial run for Westeros. Yeah, you know, and she's learning it. But one of my favorite characters, and you know, like I've told you before, I can't really remember his name, but the guy that's obsessed with her, he's a really great guy. Uh, he's he's like Jorah. Yeah, Jorah. He's like his her mentor, and he cares so much for her. He gets sent away because he. They found out that at one point in time in his life he was kind of like a not an assassin, but he was an informant, I guess, for um, yeah somebody else. And she just got really upset about it, and she didn't kill him or anything. She honestly probably would have, but mm-hmm. the fact that she does, I think she does love him. Um, but she sends him away, and which leads to some graphic shit in the next season, um, or is it season six? You know what I'm talking about. Oh, you're talking about like the like the plastic you get on new electronics, just peeling that shit off. Oh yeah, yeah, or absolutely. Not, not quite that far. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's that's like the latest season. But um, uh, you, th- this whole thing about you know he's a great character. You would not be saying that if you read the books, dude. <laughs> Holy shit! Why is he he is such a fucking creep in the books. <laughs> One thing, he he is not played by Ian Glenn. Let's let's make that clear. All right. I, He's he's not nearly as charismatic or as charismatic or as handsome or anything like that. He's described as like a fat old hairy man, and he op- he he doesn't just like care for Daenerys. He wants to fuck her. Who, mind you, in the book she's like fourteen, yeah. fifteen, something like that. Like he openly wants to fuck her, and pines over her, and and like as she's banishing him he's he's saying but i loved you you know stuff like that it's like ah jesus get this fucking creeper out of here <laughs> which makes all his attempts to get back you know get back to her and stuff and win her trust and affection back you know and and there are times when she pines for him when she's lying awake at night alone and it's like oh jesus christ like i'm still imagining george r r martin sitting there in front of his typewriter with just like a massive erection just typing about this this young you know teenage girl pining over this fat old man. Yeah. Oh, that's a. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't really you didn't really make the connection until then, huh? <laughs> it's like Georgie, I love you. You write good stories, but man, you need like a lot of cocaine and a couple of hookers to, to figure out what the fuck's wrong with you. Um, 
Okay, well now I know that, so now I'm gonna look at them uh-huh. differently. Um, but anyway, yeah. so basically that's what she's doing, and then the whole little finger thing. Um, another little side story. He's uh, he went to the Vale. He told the the Queen of the Vale, I forget the fucking name, anyway, and that he loved her, and they get married. So now he's the king of the Vale. And long story short, she gets jealous of um, him kissing uh, Cersei's. No, not Cersei's. Uh, Sansa. Sansa. These fucking names are good. And, um, yeah, and she just fucking loses her shit and tries to kill her, and then he kills her, and then next you know it, he's the king of the Vale, and he killed the queen. Who, by the way, I don't know if we've talked about it, her son, who's like 20, still breastfeeds. Mm-hmm. But that's just a side note. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's, it's it's whatever, man. Look, people got to get their protein one way or the other, or calcium, whatever. See, but uh, this this story with the whole little finger thing, it's just it, it just shows you how manipulating he is and how he's just playing the game. He's kind of like doing what Tyrion does. And he's playing it on the outside looking in, but Tyrion gets his hands a little bit more in the dirt than Littlefinger mm-hmm. does. Littlefinger just moves pawns and stuff. And it's, it's just another way of, you know this game called Game of Thrones and he's uh yeah somehow he made it from where he was to the king of the Vale now mm-hmm. so. and that I, I don't know how to feel about it because the lady who played Liza Aaron she did a great job selling the fact that Liza is fucking crazy oh yeah she is um, very crazy and in the books they mention that essentially like she's Catelyn's sister, and mm-hmm. Baelish only ever loved Catelyn Stark. Oh yeah, and he was madly, madly in love with her, um, and he couldn't have her. Uh, so she, like Lysa, she turned. She like comforted him after he tried to fight a duel for the hand of Catelyn Stark and got his ass kicked, like got stabbed and everything. Um, so she wrongfully assumed that he loved her. And that's why Cersei sent, you know, Littlefinger up there to negotiate with her. And when she's on the verge of losing her mind and she's getting ready to throw Sansa out the moon door, you know, he comes up to her and says, look, you know there's only one woman I've ever loved. And he pulls her in real close. And she said, me? He says, no, Catelyn. And then pushes her out the fucking moon door. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and she's like, she's going down screaming the entire time. Like it was such a fucking savage moment. I was I was laughing my ass off, just watching it at home. I I can't believe I didn't watch that with somebody. I would have paid to see somebody's reaction to seeing that blind. See this this is kind of setting up though, you know, the little finger thing because what I mean by little finger thing you'll you'll see in the next two seasons it's it's very prominent. His roles are starting to get more more evil and prominent, and you're starting to realize wow. He's not. He doesn't have the good intentions of you know the Starks, or he doesn't have a good intentions of anybody, and it's. And then what happens to him obviously is another groundbreaking thing. So, I mean, yeah. It's. it's yeah, that, that was that whole thing. I mean, the the whole veil thing was like really weird and uncomfortable to begin with. I mean, just uh, I think starting it, out on the right. It was filler. What's up? I think it was it needed to be told so it leads up to stuff but for this season it was definitely just a filler. I mean the, the, really the only thing it brought up was the 
the Knights of the Veil, vale, I think. Yeah. That's about the only thing it ended up leading to, unfortunately. Uh, um, and I, I don't think it led to too much in the books either. Yeah. All right. Now we can talk about your your Boltons. Oh, boy, I'm shaking. <laughs> Just shaking with rage. Because I, I'm already mad that that they kind of screwed up the Bolton storyline, but that can wait till next season because it's not, it's not egregious yet. I like what they started out doing with Ramsey Bolton and the guy who plays Ramsey Bolton does a fantastic job with the shit script that they give him. Uh, he's a really intimidating villain and a really interesting character. The problem is I got to fucking blow my nose because it's making me so angry <laughs> is, is what they did with, Yara, who they... I don't know why the fuck they changed... I know why they changed her name. In the book, she was known as Asha. And the reason why they changed it for the show is because Asha sounds very similar to Osha when said with a British accent, which is the wildling lady yeah. that uh, Bran and Rickon went with. I don't know why the fuck they decided to go with Yara of all names, but whatever, you know. In the books, Yara is a certified badass, man. She's running around whooping all kinds of ass. She doesn't give a shit about Theon. You know, when she gets that little message with, I guess it's supposed to be Theon's foreskin in a box. Yeah. And it's like, you know, here's here's your little here's your little dude. It's like, man, that sucks, you know, but, she you know, oh she well. Does, she doesn't give a shit about her brother. Well, she, she does kind of. She's like, oh man, that really sucks. But she doesn't stop what she's doing to go try and rescue him because that would be fucking stupid. Yeah. She keeps doing what she's doing. She's basically fighting a one-woman rebellion against the North. Her and her merry band, like her crew from her ship, just go whooping all kinds of ass. They they take over uh, Deepwood Mott, which is a a little um, little tiny little village, and after Stannis, you know, takes the North, takes over, like kills the wildlings and everything. Uh, the Northern chieftains basically say, "We'll join you, but first you have to help us take care of these iron, like these ironborn." these raiders and stuff. So the fucking like it's it's a it's a chapter from from Yara's perspective. She's late one night. She's got like 15 guys still with her of her original crew and yeah. they're just chilling in this castle. And they hear horns outside of this massive army and she thinks, "Oh shit, it's the Boltons. They finally come for us." So they jump up on their horses and they start cutting their way through the through the people and they escape into the forests. And then they find like they're it's hours later, they're in the woods and stuff, and they, they've they think they've lost them. So they get ready to go to sleep. And one of her crew went off to go like on watch or something. And somebody throws his severed head and it bounces into the center of the clearing. And the entire forest comes alive. You know, it's it's the Northerners. It's these Northern chieftains under Stannis. They're like, we're going to fuck you up for what you did to the North. And this is massive climactic fight scene. And she's killed like 11 people. And it's made up almost like she dies. Like she gets hit in the side of the head with a hammer right on her, right on her helmet. And it says it's a crunch. And then everything goes black. And she wakes up, and she's a prisoner of Lord Stannis. Wow. And she ends up becoming almost a quasi-advisor to him. Mm -hmm. um, 
going up against Reek and Lord Ramsay in the Siege of Winterfell, which is something else that also wasn't in the wasn't in the show. No, uh, I mean the show they they basically just just took over Winterfell. I mean, there's nobody really in Winterfell right now, so pretty much. Yeah, I mean, but, but the the idea, like I, I like the idea of making Yara a more sympathetic character where she's like, oh shit, I gotta go save my brother. You know, I, I get that. You know, especially as a brother, if somebody took me and cut my dick off and was like torturing <laughs> me in a little thing, I would hope that, you know, my badass lesbian pirate sister would come and save me. <laughs> um, but, the f- so I don't mind that. That I don't mind. But the fact that she... And this crew of super badass Ironborn people would show up there and they find Reek and he's like, no, I'm a bitch now. I don't want, you know, I, I, I don't want to come with you. I'm a bitch now. I like that. Which, it's true. It's which, true. Is, which is fucking stupid, but whatever. Um, and then Ramsey shows up there with nothing but a pair of pants on. Like he's shirtless. He doesn't have any armor or anything. He has like a, like a knife not even a sword, not a shield or anything. And there's like 10 fucking guys there and no one thinks to run up and stab him real quick. And he just slowly walks over to the dog cage and unlocks the dog cage and the dogs chase them out like two dogs, like two random fucking dogs. Just stab the fucking dogs. <laughs> like it, it would be like if, okay, they, well, they set up. It's, it's too simple. It's a too simple it's a, it's too simple. Like if that happened, then it's like, oh, well, that's over with. Let's move on. I I understand why because they're trying to make, you know, Ramsey seem really intimidating and badass and stuff. Mm-hmm. I understand why they did that scene, but I fucking hate them for doing it. Yeah. Because they're, it's like in all these shows, like the Sherlock shows and stuff. The idea of making the main character seem really smart is to just make everyone else really fucking stupid. And so the idea of making Ramsey Bolton really badass is let's just make everybody who we say is a badass turn out to actually be a pussy. We're not going to say that they're a pussy. We're just going to say, oh, these guys are super badass. Like mm-hmm. on, a, on, a, on a regular day of the week, they would just whoop anybody's ass. But Ramsey is just so powerful and so awesome that he just makes them all look weak. And I fucking hate it. And it makes me so fucking angry. Because the whole idea of the Ironborn is that they're... Like the biggest badasses around. Yeah, I mean, like the name itself just screams like, like Viking. Like, the, like don't their, fuck their with name. <laughs> yeah, their name, their motto, which is "We do not sow," like sow, you know, grain and stuff like that. They, the idea, the culture in the books, which is, they look down on Theon because he pays gold for thing and for things instead of killing people that take them. Yeah, like they they think he's a pussy for not murdering someone to get like a pair of shoes or something. Like this, the entire setup is that these guys are humongous badasses. Well, later in a later season, you you see his uncle. Yes, and Who... I, I think yeah, I have my theories on him, and I'm sure we'll dive into it a little bit more. But I love his uncle. I think he's just a straight like, you know, don't fuck with me. Let's do this. I, I know a lot of people hate Euron, yeah. and I did at first too because. He was a different guy in the books, but yeah. I've ma- I've made my peace with it. You know, he's uh, because he instead of they had two characters, Theon had two uncles in the book, uh, Euron and then another guy called Victarion. 
and Euron is like the sociopathic. He was actually a sorcerer in the books. Like he practiced magic and stuff, um, and a real fucking weirdo and everything. And he was crazy. And Victarion was like the super badass, the guy with the giant axe. You know, the the two handed axe that you see Euron using in the show. Yeah. Uh, so the idea that they're like a composite character, they kind of combine the two. I'm okay with that. I've made my peace with that. You know, and I think they took basically the best parts of both and turned them into a pretty decent character. Um, but to c- trying to make Ram- who, by the way, Ramsey in the books is not a badass at all. He's he's described as not being that good of a fighter. He doesn't have like any strategy. He just rushes in and uses brute strength and stuff in order to make him more intimidating as a villain. They made one of the most badass female characters in literature look like a complete fucking chump, and I fucking hate the show for that. Well, they, I mean, they see. I never read the books, so to me, I don't hate that. I disagree with you on that one, but I see where you're coming from because there's there's books that I've read in the past that they've made movies and TV shows and things that pissed me off. Now, with that said. You have to see why they kind of did it because, like I said, Joffrey was the main heel. I mean, there's a lot of other people, but he was the big, big bad guy. And then they're portraying Ramsey. Ramsey is the next big, big bad guy with, uh, you know, Cersei kind of in the background lingering. But it's kind of like they're, they're, they're trying to set it up to you obviously know what they're trying to set it up to. Yes. And um, so I see why they're doing that and I can see where you're getting pissed because if you're if you read if someone's supposed to be a badass character and they're not okay little side note so I read The Walking Dead mm-hmm. and in The Walking Dead there's a character that is supposed to be this badass Markman I mean she is this a sniper she can do whatever she can shoot anything she's badass in the TV show they made her a fucking pussy <laughs> are you talking about Andrea yes yeah, exactly. She is the... And then it's just kind of like, what the fuck were you doing? <laughs> she is the Game of Thrones Andrea, yeah. and it makes me so angry. Yeah, so, Because there are things that they changed that I loved. Like, she wasn't a lesbian in the book. She was straight-ish. Yeah. Like, she, like she liked having sex with men, but that's about it. She didn't really have any romantic connections to them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, whatever, I'm okay with the, I'm okay with the idea. You know, lesbians are awesome. Let's have more of them. Especially lesbian pirates. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I like the... Whoever the hell portrayed her. She did an amazing job. If they would have just stuck with the original character. Like, she she literally... You know, kind of speech in the books. And she pulls out a fucking axe and said, This is the only man I need to warm my bed at night. And it's oh. like, oh my god, that's so fucking <laughs> badass. And she said, look... We even have kids, and she pulls out a dagger, and it's like, oh man, that's that's so so fucking cool, you know. And my my whole problem, I understand what you're saying, and I agree. You know, they're trying to make they need to make Ramsey into the big bad guy. Yeah, it's a problem that I have with TV shows in general. I know The Walking Dead had a similar problem with the governor, but oh, yeah. it seems like because it's a visual medium, the only villains that they're capable of having. Are like superhero weekend kind of kind of villains, where it's like their their main characteristic is that they're super strong, you know, and they can beat up the main guy in a fight and stuff, and and the the conflict is resolved by oh the main guy beats him up in a fight now, you know, in the books Ramsey isn't scary because he's a good fighter, he's scary because he's a fucking psychopath, and he like he tortures people 
into doing his bidding. Like he'll flay your skin off. Yeah. Well, they, or he'll kill your son. Or well, they they kind of show that his psychopath side of it, obviously with the torturing yeah. and that they fillet some 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 guy's uh, skin off anyway. But it's kind of like they do show a little bit of that. But I, you know, it's yeah, tomato tomato. I mean, like I said, if I would have read the books, I'm sure I would agree with you 100. percent Yeah. I'm just well, like, it's. It's like me with, uh, like what I was saying the other day about what they did with Sansa's character. How it's like the idea that, that it's okay to be a strong female character without having to do, just basically like be a man with a vagina. Yeah. You know, just be like a super badass fighter dude. The idea that you can only be an intimidating villain if you're super physically strong and good at fighting and stuff, it's so fucking boring. You know, I... I want a character like a Lex Luthor kind of character who's like weak as shit in a fight, but he's so like so smart and charismatic and Well why do I like, have to why do I have, why do I have to fight when I can just easily get all these guys to do it with crypto yeah, it's like Krypton he's the he's the warden of the north, or at least, you know, in 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 voice at least. You know, Roos really runs the north. Roos Bolton is that kind of character. He never takes any physical action except for when he, you know, he stabbed Rob Stark, of course. Yeah. But he's such he's such a schemer and a mastermind, and he's got a badass baritone voice. I could listen to that dude read my fucking shopping <laughs> list, and it would be awesome. I just wish if they had to combine anyone, you know, instead of making composite characters at all these other guys, if they would have made a composite of Ramsey and Roose Bolton, I think that would be amazing. Take the scheming intelligence of Roos and the badass baritone voice and combine him with the, like, behind-the-scenes, like, once the doors close, the inner Ramsey comes out, like the psychopath. Mm. I think you would have a much more intimidating villain, and you wouldn't have to have Yara turn out to be a a bitch, basically. Agreed. I think I've let out about all my rage and bile, so... (laughs) If well, you have another subject, I'm I'm ready. <laughs> well, I mean, it's uh, it's about it's a little over an hour right now, so I, I think that covers a lot of it. There is one more thing, but it's not like a, it's building up season five. It's building up to season five, and that's um, Arya Stark and her mm-hmm. her little journey with the Hound and the Hound facing, you know, was it a, bur- a breath of Tarth or Tarth of? Oh, <sighs> God, I'm, I I said Captain it right. Phasma. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Captain, yeah Phasma. Captain Phasma. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So that little side note. I mean, she's right now. She's trying to join join the um the is it what is it? It's like a covenant, some kind of league of shadows. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> I don't know, but it is the House of Black and White. The House of Black and White will will. Definitely in season five, you learn a lot more about the House of Black and White. Um, but right now, that's how it kind of ended with her. So nothing really changed with her. And honestly, there's a little little tits bits in there that we've missed. But definitely check out season four. It's a it's a it's a good one. It has it's it's leading up to some things. You did you do get to see the Night King. I didn't bring that up because you know there's something. Oh, d- there's something that you know you 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 get to see the Night King turn a baby into. A White Walker, mm-hmm. which is pretty, uh, pretty fucking awesome. And but the thing that I'm excited for happens, which I found out like two weeks ago, it happens in season five. So. Yes, and that's the 
the second biggest thing for me in season five. But that to me is that I, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll check it out definitely next week. So we'll have season five. Um, we plan on doing season six and seven, and then hopefully we plan everything right when the season eight premieres. We can uh, you know, do like a like a week by week. Yeah, because <clears throat> supposedly you know they just released. They said that um, these episodes are going to be about almost two hours long some of them like one's like the first one's an hour and 20 minutes the second one's an hour and 30 minutes then it's an hour and 40 hour and oh, 50 oh I'm so excited because they, they're basically saying they're mini movies mm-hmm. <laughs> so Game of Thrones might only be six episodes but it's probably six movies that we're going to be watching and you know late and it's crazy because you start when you're watching this series if you go back and watch them all you start to see more special effects and more things because as the show goes, it gets bigger, so that means more money, and that means you get to see more of the, the Nightwalkers and more of the, the dragons and more of the, you know, a whole bunch of different shit. So I'm pretty excited. So any last words before we head off on this episode? Uh, I, I think I already got all my rage out. So I'll just say, you know, it's a really solid season. Yeah. Um, not not as good as season three, but a hell of a lot better than some of the ones that are to come. Mm-hmm. Um this one just took this one to me. To me, my recap of the season, it just like I said before, and I'll say it again. It really starts setting the groundwork for every character. Like you start to see. I mean, okay, well, not every character. It's, you know, Jon Snow's character. You know, Cersei's character. You know, Jaime Lannister. But it starts doing other things. Like, okay, well, Tyrion. You're really starting to learn about him. Littlefinger. You're really starting to learn about um, Arya. You're really starting to learn about the Mountain. You're really starting to learn about all these characters, and they do have something to play. In the later seasons and it's really uh it's really this is a good season for all that mm-hmm. so yeah that's it can't wait 